times I feel old like I'm going out of style So I turn down the music on my FM dial I beg of you to come and listen for a while And look at this wonderful world through the eyes of a child This is my chance to escape What's up everyone? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind The podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks And everything Houston Rockets I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny And with me is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin Dude, I just have to say, man, that this is going to be a very exciting episode Yes, I am very excited yeah yeah did you hear that did you need to do i had to add a little bit of uh extra enthusiasm you mean emphasis emphasis (laughs) (laughs) calm down josh thanks drake i appreciate that but yeah i mean this episode that we're about to do is one that is sounds very exciting i hold very near and dear to my heart great memories you know I do too. And with that said, this is going to be our first ever retrospective episode. Retrospective. Retrospective. Or Rocketspective. Yeah, Kenny, uh, tell them what year we're going to do. For the first ever retrospective episode in the current summit state of mind. To reach the summit, you must be in the state of mind. The episode is 2015. That is Boom. the year we are covering the 2015 Houston Rockets, the team that broke through to the conference finals for the first time since 1997. Wow. Did I get that right? You did. Wow, off the dome. Yeah. Sweet-ski. I mean, it was 18 years. Yeah. Can I get then. a two sweet ski? Too sweet. Too sweet. We just Boom. too sweeted each other. You'd know if you're a wrestling fan. Yeah, that'd probably be like 5% of our followers. I'll take that. 5% of my fans that are listening to the because of the wrestling references, you are welcome. That, my friend, is a shoot. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. And uh, moving forward now, let's go ahead and discuss that. But we cannot discuss the 2015 season without talking about the 2014 playoffs that took place. The Rockets were the fourth seed against Trailblazers, who were the fifth seed. And they gutted it out. They ended up going down 3-1 to that Trailblazers team. It was 3-1? It was 3-1, yeah. It was 3-1. Because we had the home court advantage, too. Uh, yeah, I think we series. lost the first two at home. Yeah, we did, because LaMarcus yeah. Aldridge averaged 45 points for and the first two the games. And then the Troy Daniels game winner. Yeah, that was 2014. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we won game five to go, yeah. to, to, to go back to Portland for game six. Uh, it was, I think it was uh, Harden's best game. Of the playoffs, he yeah. really showed out. Yeah, he did because he struggled that series yeah. too. The goal, the goal actually for this retrospective is to not look so much into stats, but to go from what we remember in our dome and how much these this season has meant to us. So if we if we don't get the points exactly right, well, too bad. It's just more so of like remembering certain things, inciting certain feelings, exactly. you know, towards moments that we all experienced throughout that season and the playoffs and i feel sense. like the 2015 rockets were then like remember me though i have to say goodbye remember me is that coco that was co- hey oh. there you go circle gets a square <laughs> good for you you got it right way to go you did it <laughs> go me all right <laughs> that was a tangent all right so going on we were in game six chandler parsons lays it in to put us up two, game was tied. Puts us up two with point eight seconds left on the clock. Was it point eight or point seven? It was point something. Yeah, it was I feel point like, something. I feel like whenever point nine like, actually for the Rockets, like whenever there's like point seven, point eight, it just spells bad news. It's more like point loss every yeah. time. Yeah, especially in the Rose Garden. I don't even know what it's called now. Is it called the Moda Center now? I think. I don't but know what it's called. As you remember, Brandon Roy in two thousand nine. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you know, I just might as well call it Heartbreak Hotel. Yes. Thank you, HBK. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That was it right there. And uh, Chandler Parsons lays it in, puts us up two with a, you know, point something seconds left. Remember on the how clock. we were all celebrating, too? We I stopped like, celebrating. I, you know, I stopped celebrating pretty quickly because I kept looking at the clock and I was like, dude, there's still point eight, man, or point something. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember this uh, very vividly Terrence Jones. Terrence Jones has, uh, has the inbounder. And, uh, Justin, I think you can, you can finish this off for us. I was saying don't guard the inbounder. 
even though he is the most dangerous person on the floor, what are the odds of Nick Batum taking the last shot with 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 seconds left? There is not enough time to have a touch pass to get him inbounds yep. to take that. So if you're Terrence Jones, you got to double whomever's coming closer, especially when you're looking. And remember, um, in the timeout prior, they were trying to switch. Beverly wanted to guard Lillard, but Parsons was the one who said, "No, I'm taking him." Yep, Big that's right. That's right. Mistake. You're telling me. You're telling me. Ron Harper wanted to guard Jordan, but uh, Craig Elo decided Craig, he gets him yeah, instead. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Because I mean, in that sense, Chandler Parsons is six nine. He has the length, but Beverly is the one who will fight through the screens. That's right. Parsons that's right. doesn't have the recovery speed to get there. You know, like you, you can see it, like. Um, what's it on the replay? Yeah, it, it might it might have looked closer than what it really was, but from the, from an angle, you'll notice that Parsons was nowhere close. No, and it just goes to show the lack 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 of uh, defense that the uh, Rockets had that year, especially. Um, I think everyone who's a Rockets fan knows what happens next. It's a catch and shoot, uh, Lillard fadeaway three, and uh, the series. Uh, Lillard wins the series uh, four to two. Uh, Blazers beat the Rockets. And uh, we go home crying, and uh, I probably showed out as the worst friend ever that night because I just dipped. I was very upset. I was very angry. I was probably the angriest in the in the entire house. So um, yeah, you can just kind of sense the heartbreak, especially for the for the whole city at that point too. With so, such high hopes with the first year with Dwight and ha- uh, Harden together. So you know, the, but we knew that at, coming out of that season there was going to be a lot of hope. Um, hoping that you know, obviously, we can go further the next year. Maybe we could acquire some players. So let's fast forward now into the off season. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that, Justin. Off season 2014, a huge year in terms of the landscape of the NBA changing. LeBron James officially chooses to go back to Cleveland. He yeah. leaves Miami, and that was a huge domino to fall because that was dismantling the Heat. So basically, dynasty, yeah. in that sense, it's like, okay, where does Dwayne Wade go? Where does Chris Bosh go? And if you all remember, Bosh was always looking into Houston. So this was our actual legitimate opportunity to acquire Chris Bosh, you know, and to put him alongside a James Harden and a Dwight Howard and a potentially Chandler Parsons, Jeremy Lin, and Patrick Beverly. That, that was an extremely five, yeah. potent team, you know. That exactly. was deep. If you're thinking back to 2014, that was wow. Yeah, because there, there's no the, well, the Warriors were, were just on the precipice. I think that this is this will this is a huge off season because they this is where Kerr comes in. This is the first year of Steve Kerr. Yeah, that's right. Man. Yeah, this is the first year of Steve Kerr. So this is a huge year. Warriors aren't really the Warriors as of yet. So you kind of see how the 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 dominoes start to fall and how how we could have really become that that new big three that that new almost dynasty. When uh, when you think about that, Chris Bosh was literally on the two yard line. He was so close to signing in at the very last minute. Miami ups their offer from four years to five years. Um, unfortunately, uh, money money is uh, money trumps all, and yeah. uh, that's that's basically what kept Bosh in uh, Miami. He was really close to signing with Houston. In fact, he got so close he had already had conversations with Mikhail Harden. And Maury, multiple conversations, getting ready because he was getting. I think he was doing this while he was in Africa doing a tour. Yeah. So. Yeah. We had all that, and so in the midst of all this, Justin, if I remember correctly, um, that's when Dallas puts off the offer sheet yeah. for uh, Chandler Parsons giving us three days to sign. Uh, we basically let that pass through because we were because. Th- well, oh. the thing was that if Bosch were signed, yeah, then Maury would have matched it to keep Chandler. In that so sense. this is after Bosch did yeah. not, but once Bosch signed, signed okay. that's what led to uh, Maury saying, "No, we're not going to resign Chandler." Instead, yeah. it was like we're going to go another route because, I mean, if we did that, you wouldn't be able to sign a Trevor Ariza, which is what yes, happened yes, after. that's exactly what happens next. And uh, Parsons can leave anyways. You know, he can leave his stupid face, gain his thirty pounds and his baby weight for all I care. We I didn't mean, he's need not even him. NBA anymore. He's not even in the NBA, yeah. but he's sitting pretty with ninety million. Yeah, he's playing. He's getting paid ninety million to stay home. Lucky guy. Yeah, and and in, in, in ways, don't we all want to be like Chandler Parsons? <laughs> Touche. So, with Parsons not coming back, uh, Bosch not signing with Houston, that leads to the Trevor Reza signing, a signing that really passed through every fan in Houston. I don't think fans really understood the the. The magnitude of that signing, I got the magnitude of the signing. I knew what a reason oh, to man. bring. I remember because I mean, I remember that yeah. day, I had been coming back from Dallas, 
and you had texted me. It's like, yo, Reese is coming. Dude, and I got I was working at Lifetime. We're excited. Yeah, about I was working it at too. the gym. Yeah. yeah. And I had gotten that live. It yeah. was really cool. It, we, so we were um when when we when I saw the signing, I went nuts because the first thing I thought of was, oh my gosh, Reese is gonna sign. And he's not gonna sign to be a superstar. He knows his role, he knows what he needs to be. And Ariza's the type of player that he can play the perfect role as a role player. You know, you plug him in with a team with James Harden and Dwight Howard, and you just watch that team work. He'll provide everything that Chandler Parsons didn't provide, the defense, the rebounding, the intangibles. Yes, the discipline. Yeah. You know, like like you said, rebounding. Like, no one boxes out like a small forward Trevor Ariza. No, like, son. And that's – he's huge. Like, just a lot of the th- little things that he does. Would you say – would you call him the biggest intangible player since Shane Battier? 100%. Yeah. yeah, and he. The funny thing is that he played with Shane Battier for a year, so he got to learn. He got to learn ah, the guy. Right? Circle gets another square. Right? Look at you go. <laughs> Look at that. I mean, when you think about it, in that sense, it's just that there are so many things that Trevor just brings. He was the only player that had played in the NBA Finals or won an NBA championship. My bad. He had won an I NBA mean, championship Dwight in 09. And that's James right. Had been there. That's right. But they haven't had the success. And he also, and you can consider like what is would you say the Kobe effect? Like he had that work ethic instilled in him from playing with Kobe. That's right. You know, from those years. So in that sense, he brought that over, but he had to be humbled first when he got traded. Well, that's what I'm saying. Playing with Kobe got him the false sense of confidence that maybe he felt like he was better than he was, but that's okay because that was the year that T-Mac was going to leave and Trevor Ariza kind of, we brought him in to kind of be the Ron Artest replacement. Yeah, to be, like, to possibly see what he could bring in that sense. Um, That's right. Unfortunately, it didn't work. But luckily for us, it did work when he came back. Yes, he came back for round two. He got invited back to the dance. No one puts Baby in a corner. No one puts Trevor Reza in a corner. <laughs> Nobody. All right. No one sings I Want It That Way like Trevor Reza. <laughs> oh, I remember that now. That was such a Dang. good commercial. But that, I'm sad that, We'll save that for another year. <laughs> <sighs> and that will be an even sadder year. Shall we drink? All right. Here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking a Truly. All right. Uh, one more thing before we move on. Um, this is very underrated. Rockets draft Clint Capella. Yes. yes <laughs> this yes, is yes, the first yes, year of right. Afro Clint Capella. That is the year this that Capella is... came, and he played more minutes in the playoffs than he did in the season. 25th pick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy to think about, you know? Crazy, right? Considering yeah. that uh, he's pretty much in the, I guess, in the prime of his career now. But kind of see how he kind of has been able to ascend to the heights he did with uh, Harden. And you can kind of see it. How it all got started when he got drafted. Essentially, we drafted him to be the Dwight Howard replacement. Basically, yes. All right. So with that said, this is this basically ends up becoming the roster. We end up having our starters locked in. We have Patrick Beverly. We have James Harden. Trevor Ariza. Donatus Moniunis. And Dwight Howard. With bench players of um, Terrence Jones, Jeremy Lin. That's all. Well, Lin got traded. Oh yes, That's you're right. right. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was yes, Jason he's Terry. not. It's Jason. Oh wow, this is the year of the Jets. Jason Terry. My he had goodness. Costas Papanikolaou. Oh know? my goodness. And then late edition Pablo Prigioni. Oh my goodness. You know, come on now. Um, you're right. And Corey Brewer, which yes, we'll Corey dive Brewer, into during. Who was which will we go into the season? And what did you mention, Josh Smith? I was yes. going to during the season, but you beat me to the punch. Okay, well, he's, we he's technically not. I guess that's the end of our pod. He's not an off-season acquisition. That is correct. Yeah, that's why I was going to move on during the season. That's why I didn't mention any of those players, you silly man. You. Touche, my bad. Oh, man. You know what's not silly, by the way? My best friend's t-shirts and designs. You should check out my best friend's place called Day Off. Tired of the same old anime tees? Are you tired of the same old mallcore look? Super boring. Don't you want to see some older, classic animes getting love? Well, be sure to check out the brand Day Off for your retro anime goods. From animes like Macross and Neon Genesis Evangelion to Cowboy Bebop, My Hero Academia, and my all-time favorite, Shokugeki no Soma, a.k.a. Food Wars. Day Off is your source for anime-induced graphic mayhem. Use code DAYOFFSUMMIT for a 10% off discount at dayoff.shop. That's D-A-Y-O-F-F dot shop. Can you give a boy a plus ultra? Woo! Plus ultra! That was pretty good. I just think we can do slightly better. Plus ultra. Plus ultra. You sound like you could be an advertiser in the future. I think you're lined up to do it next time. I got a future ahead of me. 
You sure do. Day off. Be sure to check them out. Welcome back, everyone, to the Summit State of Mind. With that said, let's go ahead and move on to the start of the NBA season, 2014-15. The Houston Rockets' hot and torrid start to the season, proving all the doubters wrong. Do you remember? I do remember. You know, the team came out firing, guns a-blazing, especially our boy James. He had a point to prove, considering that he was slandered the year before for his defense. Mixtape defense, yeah. And uh, he came out trying to show the world that, hey, I'm not just a one-trick pony. Like, I can play the game of basketball both ways when I want to. (laughs) When he was actually touted as a defensive stud in Arizona State. Yeah, that just blows my mind. (laughs) Well, you know, it's hard. It's hard being a young player. I get that. I guess that's why people love Giannis so much. (sighs) I don't see it. Anyways. Man without a three-point shot. He can work on his game, Mr. One-Trick Pony. All right, moving on. The start of the the start of the NBA season started at a toward pace for Houston. Um, they went ahead. They beat Dallas in a close game. Um, it got down to the wire. If I remember correctly, we had a James Harden uh, steal, which led to a and one on Chandler Parsons, by the way. Chandler yeah. Parsons tried to draw the charge, and then which led to a big block. Harden blocked Monte Ellis, if I yes, recall correctly. Yes. Which led to an Ariza steal. Yeah, that was that was such an amazing like. Uh, chain of plays to see because it just showed how much the team had evolved from the year before and you can see the discipline and the things that um had accounted for from last year they wanted to turn it around the year before they were not known for their defense they were terrible terrible on the defensive end i think they i think if that game had happened the year before you don't see that they lose they lose 100 percent. that's a game that the rockets lose even though they played really well the year before this team was just better more focused more motivated you can tell that they were playing with a chip on their shoulder and that they had something to prove especially james and i can guarantee you that a part of that was because of the presence of trevor ariza i can guarantee you that yeah i mean james did say that you know trevor being there just is a huge boost for the team not playing wise but mentally you That's know, right. And everything like the discipline and just everything that he has been through, uh-huh. the experience, that brings a lot to a young team. <laughs> At that point, we were a very young team. <laughs> we were super young, super young. Now, now, if you all don't remember, Harden was literally only 25. He was only 25 years old when it happened. Speaking of Trevor Ariza, we're going to move forward to the next game that I thought was huge. It was the Miami Heat game. It was the game that uh, we first went into Miami. And I don't know if you remember correctly, Justin, but that was the game that Trevor Reza was on fire. He was officially dubbed Trevor Athreza. You haven't even seen his final form yet. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember when we watched both games where we were? No, I don't remember that game specifically. Oh but there were so, rem- so many games where Trevor Reza just really just went off and was just like, thank God Chandler Parsons is gone. Like, I'm, I'm surprised that you remember that because I don't remember. Yeah. I just have... I just remembered moments of where he was on fire, but I can't remember specific games. Moments, Justin. I remember what we were eating. Do you not remember? We were in Brooklyn Pizzeria I, for I was, both games. I knew we were going to say Brooklyn. Brooklyn Pizzeria for both games. We had a pizza and wings. We were this watching is, with Julio and Jay. This is probably before I started putting pineapple on my pizzas. If you have an issue with it, yeah, it sucks to be you because you're wrong. <laughs> I've been brothers with you for as long as I've existed for 27 years, and I just forgave you for that. So thank you for bringing back back up. Bad memories. I don't want to remember that. You'll be fine. I don't want to remember you eating pineapple on your pizza. Pineapple is delicious on your pizza. Lives in a pineapple under the sea? What are you? SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, you're damn right you are. Okay. I can't even argue. (laughs) I can't even argue with this guy. It's ridiculous. With that said, it was a hot hot start to the season, but the hot hot starts don't last. And if if memory serves me correctly, Dwight Howard goes down. Patrick Beverly goes down for... Actually, for at least Dwight, a bulk of the season, which uh, shoulders the load on future MVP James Harden. Justin, let's talk about the emergence of James Harden from from the coal to become the diamond that he is, to become the MVP player that we expected him to be. Can we, let's talk about that, how he jumped leaps and bounds. It's like, for James, like the first two years, it's like you're unlocking different things to him as a player. It's like... You know, when you're leveling up, you're eating, like, Mario eating the mushroom and 
getting bigger, right? That was Harden as the years went by. He had to learn. He went from sixth man to becoming the man and then dealing with being the man and then how to harness that and work on things that would make him better and the team better. 2015 was his coming out party, essentially. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you were, you know, you were thinking, it's funny that you were talking about um, uh, Mario eating the mushroom to getting, uh, you know, because I, the first thing I thought about was uh, Super Mario eating the uh, flame. Uh-huh. And then he became James Harden, the flamethrower. Thank you, you Craig Ackerman. It actually was not Craig Ackerman. It wasn't. It was Kevin Harlan. Oh wow! <laughs> it was in 2019. Anytime the State James Harden gets a nickname, I feel like it's Craig. But I can't even. James Harden, the flamethrower. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well, that was the game against the Warriors. There it is. Yeah. All right. Did y'all know this isn't really a retrospective podcast? It's a trivia podcast, and Justin is winning. I'm so proud of you. Uh, with that said, like, yeah, this was uh, James Harden's uh, first first MVP, true MVP year. He ended up finishing runner-up, which I thought was BS, but I am not going to go into my hate for Steph Curry. That's not for today. That's for another day. And uh, with that said, let's also talk about the emergence of Justin's favorite Houston Rocket player of all time, Donatus Matiunas Demo. I will miss that guy forever and ever, and I will forever blame BJ Armstrong for sending him away. You mean the you mean the player that said uh, he he can't that he brought can't, Michael Jordan back? Yeah, he can't. Jeez, Louise. I wasn't talking about BJ. I was talking about Demo. I was talking about the guy that said uh, if you don't want to play with the Wolves, uh, do you remember when you'll he get, got drafted? Get the horns? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's a, that's a whole other story. But yeah, no, we were totally not in simpatico on that one. Definitely not. Not there. But Demo we'll was there. your Demo was your favorite player. I really loved. Demo. It was the emergence of Demo, Mister uh, Footwork, right? I really felt like. Um, with him as a player that he had a, a lot of potential and I remember specifically playing NBA 2K and drafting Donatus Modiunas and he became a very solid player that ranked in like the high 80s someone that was a complimentary piece to James so when he legitimately got him I was happy I remember I was driving down Austin Parkway and I got the text said Donatus Modiunas has been acquired by the Rockets in the draft and I was like Oh, yes. Yeah, well, I remember. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was uh, the big international players in that draft were Demo and uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Yes. Yeah, those uh, were the two players. Yeah, that was like what 2013 draft, I believe. Ooh, man, I, I don't remember. No, actually, I would say uh, no, no. 2011. It was, it, was, it was the year. It was the Marcus Morris. Yeah, the Marcus it was the year. It was yes. the year we could have gotten Kawhi Leonard. Let's not bring that up. <laughs> I wanted him. I wanted Kawhi Leonard. I've always wanted a Kawhi Leonard. I wanted him when we... I didn't want Marcus Morris. I knew exactly what we were going for, and I wanted Kawhi Leonard. And I said, you better get Kawhi Leonard. And they didn't get Kawhi Leonard. So. <laughs> that's besides the point. It's <laughs> well, never besides the point. Kawhi Leonard could have been a rocket. That's the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, with the D, uh, the emergence of Demo um, led to a good partnership with them. Costas Papa Nicolau did a really good job as a role player. Um, Harden obviously shouldered the load, carried the team. And uh, with that said... On December 25th, Harden finally got some help. He got some help in the form of a terrific power forward with the name of Josh Smith. When we got him, I was just I wasn't sure what to expect. It was Christmas. But he was also an all-star. Yes, he was. And, and if, it was Christmas. And if you didn't know, he was a former AAU teammate of Dwight Howard. Oh. You serious? Really? Yeah. I didn't know he was a former AAU teammate of Dwight Howard and also formerly the best man of Dwight Howard at his wedding. Yeah, they didn't say that at all during the playoffs they or never anything like that. that. That's wild. Wow, please tell me more. I got nothing else for you. Damn. Sorry. Yeah, we all knew that. <laughs> I've been hearing that way too much. We but were all sick of it by the conference finals. I was so sick of it. Josh Smith had his um, debut game against the Memphis Grizzlies. We ended up getting a win. Do you remember that? Yes, you I do. Yes. He didn't play too great, though. No, he did not. Uh, he he didn't play very well. He played well. I think he played well down the stretch, though. He played well down the stretch, if I can recall. Mm-hmm. And uh, with and with that, he was able to kind of help out uh, Harden in that sense, and he ended up becoming the uh, eventual starter, which was great. And because of that, it led to the deadline. Um, players were starting to get healthy. Uh, Dwight started to get healthy. Beverly was starting to play at a consistent clip, which was great. Um, and it led to the acquisition of Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer, one of my favorite ex-Rockets. Uh, he, we, saw, we ended up trading him. We traded away uh, Troy Daniels. 
to get him. I thought it was a great trade for what we needed at that moment. And uh, he had his first game against the uh, Portland Trail Blazers uh, post trade deadline, and he lit he hit it some up. threes against that. He lit it them. up. He it was he was yeah. motivated. Yeah, yeah. He lit it up like he was playing really really well. Um, you know, kind of a more or less just an, an, an erratic swingman. You always need your erratic swingmen when you when you play the sport of basketball. So you know, it was good. It was good for what he brought, and uh, pretty much started rounding out the roster. And oh no, of course I couldn't forget. Uh, uh, my one of my good friends' favorite point guards of all time, Pablo Prigioni. Yes, I could not forget about that. Yes. Uh, that was one yes. of Julio's favorite. We traded uh, KJ McDaniel's for Pablo Prigioni at the deadline. I remember. Are you sure? Yes, it was. He wore Kmart suits in the playoffs. That was twenty fourteen. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Unless I'm wrong. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Not. It's, I'm not gonna. It's, it's, it was either he was traded to New York or Philadelphia. Well, no, I'm not going to disagree with you. You are like the sports encyclopedia. If I'm wrong, someone please tell me. Because I don't remember. But I do recall that KJ was traded at the end of a deadline. It was either 2015 or 2016. I honestly don't remember. I honestly don't remember either. But we'll we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, Pablo Prigioni becomes a rocket, which basically rounds out the team um, going into the playoffs. The team looks strong. The team is strong. Dwight Howard is healthy. Patrick Beverly is healthy. Um, Demo is Demo is healthy, and they're all playing, and they're all coming together, and the team's coming together. We end up finishing really, really strong, but then we hit a wall. Demo gets injured for the rest of the season going into the playoffs. It was a huge lower back issue. I mean, I've been there. I understand that pain. So playing basketball with that is nearly impossible. It's hard to just walk, let alone move guard people try to move your feet like it just yeah that's just no not conducive to any sort of success i would say that um that could have basically ruined his entire nba career because he would have gotten i feel like he would have gotten paid if he played throughout the playoffs and he had a decent postseason oh he would have for sure i mean you know the thing about that like the health of demo how crucial that could have been instead of having to play t jones crucial minutes you know oh t jones oh man how could i forget about t jones shout out to you ray i know you love yourself some t jones <laughs> with that said uh he wasn't the only one that was hurt we ended up losing both demo and patrick beverly we lost our starting point guard people tend to forget that we lost we lost him he had a torn cartilage in his wrist bone um yeah, so you are going into the playoffs. Now, granted, they finished really strong. People tend to forget Harden. This was Harden's best year to date at that moment. Um, they finished strong with a 56-26 and 26 record in the West. First division, first Southwest division win ever. Um, first division win since uh, 94 or 95, if I remember. Maybe 90, no, 94. 97. 97. Okay, yes. I'm going to go with that. First, first division win since then, and they finished second in the West. And they are ready to jump into the playoffs. Uh, guns a blazing. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, we yeah. were ready. You remember when we won the division title? Where were we? We were in Toyota Center, baby. No, we weren't. Kenny. We weren't. We... Oh, we were in Minute Maid. Yes, we were, we were in Minute, Minute Maid. Maid. Ah, we were got watching my game Astros game. Up. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we that left the, the game. And then that's when uh, New Orleans beats San Antonio. Yes, I so clinch the division. Yes, and which we were, the we were at the game. We were at the we were at the Astros game, and you were yelling, "Hey!" Rockets are division champions. Oh, no one cares. Okay. <laughs> oh, we should dedicate a whole episode talking about how, how Rockets fans are, so, how Houston fans are so fickle to the, <laughs> the Rockets. Because <laughs> that was real. No one cared because that was the first year the Rockets were, I mean, the first year the Astros were actually decent and they were going to make the playoffs. I know. Granted, <laughs> we're at Minute Maid Park talking about, the bas- talking about the basketball team. If we mentioned anything about the Texans, we'd probably be sued, you know, slaughtered, something, you know, because... Houston fans Sued, love. slaughtered, and slandered the story of the Houston Texans. Ooh, yes, because everyone just that's loves a future, that. That's a future podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to copyright that. <laughs> Speaking of which, guys, um, you guys, you know what? You know what? You can never, ever copyright two hummingbirds and a bean. What is that, you may ask? 
Well, let me tell you, it is my good friend Mike's coffee shop, known as Bean Here Coffee, hosting some of the best coffee that has been out since 2017 when I first started drinking it. And let me tell you guys something, it is some of the best coffee I've ever had in the city of Houston, and I've been going there for a very long time. And they've actually just come out with a brand new coffee shop called Bean Here Coffee Lab and Studios. What is that, you may ask? Well, let me tell you, it is a ro- it comes with roaster rentals and private label coffee along with kitchen rentals, which is great for baking and classes. They also have space and loft rentals, perfect for classes or events. They have limited studio office leases available, as well as a coffee bar with limited guest seating. And more coming soon, with covered porch, seating, coffee classes, roasting classes, and etc. All that coming soon. And they're actually existing right now. They just opened. They're currently in their soft opening. And it's Bean Here Coffee Lab and Studios, located in 310 McKeever Road. I'll say that again 310 McKeever Road in Arcola, Texas. They also host one of my best friends' spaces and studio known as Day Off. Another ad that is in that is in our show. So be sure to check them out and be sure to check out Bean Here Coffee Lab and Studios. If you guys enjoy drinking coffee, if you want to learn how to roast, or if you're interested in renting, or if you're just looking to hang out, it is a great, great wide open space to have fun, or if you want to study, or like I said, just hang out. That is Bean Here Coffee Lab and Studios. Be sure to check them out. Welcome back, everyone, to the Mind State of the Summit. Hey. <laughs> Off the dome. Off the dome. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to move on now with the uh, Houston Rockets 2015 retrospective. We're going into the playoffs now. They are going to face off against the seventh seed, the Dallas Mavericks, with an aging Dirk Nowitzki, a streaking scorer in the name of John Starks. Nah, I'm just kidding. Monte Ellis. Then uh, they have Tyson Chandler, who's uh, currently a Rocket now. And that was the basis of the team. Oh, they actually acquired Rajon Rondo, too. So Rondo was a oh, Dallas Mavericks. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I remember He that. played for a game and a quarter. Was, <laughs> wait, Par- Parsons, was, did he play during that Parsons was there, too. too? Yeah, Parsons played. Jeez. Parsons played. I don't think he played the entire play. I think he got hurt after a game or two. I don't think he yeah, lasted. That, that was definitely yeah. his, his M.O., Getting hurt when his team was on the downfall. Any team that wasn't the Rockets, that was that was basically it. Yeah, he had his best years with us, obviously. But uh, that's that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, so the first round we face against, we face off against the uh, seventh seed Mavericks. We go out guns a blazing. We stomp on them in game one, uh, which begs the next question I have to ask my brother Justin. Game two was known for something. I'm gonna hint it by Ollie ooping it to you. Oh, yes, I do recall. Yes. A lot of uh, these uh, Josh Smith to uh, Dwight Howard, was that like a common theme throughout that fourth quarter? Yes. Or was it the whole half? I feel like the second half was just, it was like basically Josh Smith and Dwight Howard's coming out party. I think it was the fourth quarter mainly. I think it was just mainly the fourth quarter. They, 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 had, they did some connections, but I think most of the Oli-Oops, like they just five of the Oli-Oops came. They could not stop the pick and roll. They could not stop the pick and roll, which is because of the aging Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. Nowitzki. They took advantage of that. They went small, and that was a big mistake. Their and ultimate downfall. Yeah, like it was, it was bad to see. I mean, for Dallas fans, for us, it was glorious. <laughs> it was, it was. Uh, Justin, I, I gotta say, like uh, what Stone Cold Steve Austin said in his documentary, it's damn near the greatest orgasm I ever had in my life. <laughs> Jesus, Kenny. <laughs> uh, I might cut that. That's okay. (laughs) No, we got to keep this as authentic as possible. All right. Hardwood classics it is. All right. With that said, um, we end up beating Dallas. We end up going up 3-0. We lose game four, and we end up beating them in game five to advance to the second round. Um, That was the first time that James Harden got out of the first round as a rocket. He spent two years failing. So you remember at that point, like when he, uh, right when we won, he put his head down. And he was like, it oh, seemed like he was really, right. he was really thankful. You know, like, that's man, this right. is finally, you know. Yes, it was the cool beverage of success. Drink it in, man. <laughs> that's what he did. He I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. You weren't ready for that. Were I wasn't you? ready for the Jericho. You weren't ready for Jericho pre AW, were you? you yeah. Ready. No one was ready for that. That was great. 
he he had a he had a moment. That's right. He did have a moment when he uh, because it was the failures that he had experienced two years prior, um, the eighth seed against the Thunder, um, and then he was the the fourth seed against Portland, and then he became the second seed, and they finally took out Dallas. They didn't just beat Dallas; they they mollywopped Dallas for the most part. Really, not much of a series. Um, so we were able to kind of go out unscathed, which is great, and which leads us to our second round, which is going to be end up being a crazy second round. It's a second round against the third seed Los Angeles Clippers, of consisting of the big three of Chris Paul, uh, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, uh, along with a young Austin Rivers, Jamal Crawford, um, a very, very talented Clippers team, which I still believe was the better team. 100% they were the better team. They had CP3, prime CP3, a prime Blake Griffin. They had DeAndre Jordan. That was their big three. They had J.J. Redick. They had Austin J.J. Rivers. Redick. My goodness gracious, that's right. They had a great team. That was a squad. Like The fact crap. that they couldn't take us out says a lot to, about them more so than us. Like it, it shows a lot about them. They had all the talent in the world. And they couldn't do anything. And all the chances in the world, too, at that. Oh, yeah. All the chances They had three in the world. games to knock us out. They did. They did. They went up 3-1 to one against us. Uh, we lost We lost game one without Chris Paul. Chris Paul didn't play. Chris Paul sat out. He sat out the game. We pretty much chalked that as a win, and we still lost. So, so that's, that, that's typical Rockets. And that also goes <laughs> to show you, though, that you're right. It is on the Clippers. That was a talented team. Even without Chris Paul, they, they, they handled us. Mm-hmm. So that just goes to show how talented they were. So moving forward, they were we were up... I mean, no, they were up three to one, uh, which basically led us to in game five. We beat them in Houston. We mm-hmm. took care of business. The whole goal was basically to just get get back to LA. We knew we were going to get there. Um, we weren't going to take a four one a four one loss. Not, not like that. If we were going to lose, it was going to be in LA, and we were supposed to lose in LA. Um, Harden looked gassed it, from the from the looks of everything that was happening. We were down nineteen in the third quarter. They started taking over. Los Angeles, you know, basically did what they were doing most of the series. They started dominating. Chris Paul was dominating. And Justin, I'll say this right now. You, me, and Jay mm-hmm. were upstairs here in this spot Yep, for game six. I remember. That's right. Like, we were sitting there like, it was a great run, guys. It was a Literally great run. Literally talking about. It was a great run. Like the, we were, what we could do the following season. Yes, we were already going into that. Like, we were down 19 in the third. We're not thinking that we're coming back. They're in L.A. They're at their house. They're supposed to win. You know, we were just there respecting them. We wanted to finish it out because we wanted to finish the season. You know? That's right. And, yeah, I don't even know where to start. Golden State wasn't really Golden State at the time. If I remember correctly, Clippers were touted as one of the favorites. This was supposed to be their coronation year to uh, win the championship. So a lot of critics said that from the beginning of the season because everything was coming together for them. So up 19 in the third quarter. And it all started with a Terrence Jones three-pointer. If you don't recall, it started with a Terrence Jones three-pointer. You know, the Craig Ackerman. Here, here, here. Craig Ackerman. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Yes. So <laughs> good. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. It, was, it was great. And, uh, yeah, so we go into the fourth quarter. And literally, and if I remember correctly, they had a they had a, a probable win percentage. Do you remember that? It was ninety nine percent in Clippers' favor, one percent Houston. Mm-hmm. Justin, I just I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah, the greatest. I might. I think I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it the greatest comeback in Rockets history. Hundred percent, one game in a one game. Yes, in a, yes. In a one game. In, one, in a one game, game thing. And I mean, I wouldn't say. The largest amount of greatest comeback in the playoffs, but I would say the most it holds the most significant amount of um, weight in a comeback in any playoff series. Like when you come back from that from that point, like that's something that you don't see, especially away from home. That's right. If you're at home, yes, we can all see that, but you're away in an elimination game. In an elimination game, that's, that's right. Like, that's when we started. Like when we saw that. When, uh, Josh Smith started hitting some threes. We're like, wait, we're in this down six, then down three, and we're just like, what is happening? And need I re- need I remind you and remind of all all of our audience that this all happens with our most important player, our MVP, on the bench. 
Yes. James Harden is on the bench this entire run. Their lineup consisted of Jason Terry, Trevor Ariza, Corey Brewer, Josh Smith, and Dwight Howard. Yes. That was the five. That was the five, ladies and gentlemen, that led the comeback and led them and led them into a game seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that it wasn't even the fact that James Harden was just sitting on the bench and uh, people think that he'd be sulking because that's the type of person he is. No, he was he was on his feet more than all the other players on the bench, and he was basically touting himself as another coach. Basically, he was yes. a great cheerleader. He was very happy for the team. He didn't care. People were, he wanted to win. Yes, it's all that matters. You want your other guys to succeed without you on the court because it builds confidence. And that, with, with a player like him, that's what you need. He needs other players to build off that confidence. So, yes, you know that was just an amazing, amazing moment in time. Um our celebrations, you know, I don't know. There are very few times where I felt like I wanted to be on the verge of tears in a sporting event. Um, but It was that, one of that, right? It was definitely that kind of moment. Like when when we started to get it, I was like, wow, we're not losing the series. Like, I no, like we're, like, we're, there was no we're way. We're coming back to Houston. We're taking it. No way. Not at all. It it was the return of Clutch City. I, uh, what, what Craig Ackerman said in, in, his, uh, in his call, he said, you know, Clutch City is back. Uh, Mr. S- Mr. Uh, Mr. Smith goes to L.A. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> how how about them apples, L.A.? <laughs> Here comes Mr. Smith. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So Rockets end up winning the most improbable comeback in Rocket history. Uh, down 19 to win the game. Not even just win the game, but win it pretty handily in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, was, they didn't just win by two. I think they won by like, like eight or nine. Yeah. Won like 12. It was it was pretty big. The most ridiculous. And if you were there, you would understand. And if you were there and if you knew, uh, if you were a fan for the Rockets in 2015, you guys will definitely understand. And I hope that's that's brought some good memories and some good vibes for y'all. Um, with that said, we move forward to a Game 7, which felt almost like, you know, the people were saying that was the Clippers' court. This was supposed to be the Clippers' coordination. This felt like this was going to be the Rockets' coordination. There was no way we were losing Game 7. I wasn't, oddly enough, I didn't feel nervous. I wasn't, I didn't feel any jitters at all going into it. Justin, how did you feel? Honestly, I was a little nervous. I mean, naturally, as a Rockets fan, I'm always a little nervous. Um, I didn't, though. It was weird. Yeah, we went to breakfast that morning, and I remember Kenny was like, we're not losing. And I was like, I'm still nervous, man. And you were like, nope, not worried. I thought they were shot. You weren't worried one iota. I thought Clippers were shot. They were done. That was it. Yeah, and you were right. I mean, they didn't have any confidence. And, you know, like as much as we loved our guy, Chris Paul, when he played for us, for the Clippers, like there's nothing he could have done. Like, they're just... There wasn't enough. I don't know if it was on him or maybe it's Doc, but it just – they just couldn't do it. You well, know? If you can't – in the great words of uh, Twister Rodriguez from Rocket Power, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the street. The moment Damn got it, too Twister, you are so right. <laughs> yeah, he is not a squid. This is, <laughs> this is why I walk on the sidewalk. That's right. Oh, look yeah. at you. Sidewalks running away from the streets. We knew there it is. Sidewalks. I don't. Uh, that, that's a that's a story of the year. Right? There you go. Shout out to Great. my boys, uh, John and Duke. We were just jamming to a what's it called? Until the day I die. Like Ooh, just the other song. day. Well, that was like song. weeks ago, but still felt yeah. like just the other day. <laughs> that's how you know you have really good friends. <laughs> so game seven was a. Uh, it was. A, it was. It really, in my opinion, felt like a walk in the park. I know, obviously, it wasn't, yeah. but um, it was a great, great win for the not even just for the team, but for the whole city of Houston. Uh, it gave the city buzz. It gave the city hope yeah, that they it, could. It was also could do it here. yeah, you know, like um, coming back from three to one. The last time the Rockets came back from three to one was in the semifinals against the the Suns in '95, and we won the championship that year. So everyone felt like. We had a shot. The Warriors weren't completely the Warriors yet. They were still dominant, but they didn't have the Warriors like where the intimidation that accompanied them in 2016 to, so on to and now. So forth. Yeah, 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 right. This was their first year. Yeah, so we knew how great they were, but we were still confident. And a few bounces here and there, we could have done something. But at the end of the day, it just that's right. The the only thing about that. The good thing about it was that James was able to get over the hump. He took us to the conference finals, which is only something that Hakeem could do. You know, not even Yao, T-Mac couldn't do that. And that's the thing that people give. That's the thing that people always, they give Harden so much flack for being a failure. But at the same time, you if you run back this entire roster for what they were, outside of Dwight Howard, who wasn't even Orlando Dwight at this point, who was no. a shell of his former self. Exactly. Um, Just a 
human lob machine. That's basically all he was. Yep. Um, no disrespect. Uh, your 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 starting point guard was Jason Terry. Yes. A, a 39-year-old Jason Terry going up against Steph Curry in his freaking prime. Yeah, that, that, that just – that was just – it was – it was hard to watch how successful they were, you know, and it was hard for our team to defend that, especially yeah. with those, you know, their quote unquote moving screens. That it was the, the, the elevator use. screens. And uh, if, you, if y'all aren't keeping up, we are currently in the conference finals now. We're against the Warriors. Um, like my brother said, all the confidence in the world to succeed. But obviously, um, a few bounces here and there. I think we lost game one by six in Golden State. We lost game two by, gosh, maybe two. Two points, yeah, one well, point. We, we were we watched that game. We at lost Jays. It by a combined of less than ten. Yes. So a few bounces here and there. We go up two zero. So you know, it's just it just goes to show that we were, even though the roster wasn't anything special, we were still there. We were right there, and that, my friends, should attest to the greatness of James Harden. Yes, it's it's it's, it's really hard to um, overcome something like that by yourself, and with injuries. You know, you have to give him the benefit of the doubt here. The only time he really had a chance was in 2018 with CP3, and even then CP3 became hobbled at the end. So we haven't really seen James with a fully healthy team. It's just not a thing, you know, without, like, you know, his sidekick per se, you know, and it's a shame. But I was very proud of that season. I mean, especially that game too. That That's one of the things that, you know, where people – start to really think it's like is it better if we call a timeout in the final possession or do we go uh just forward so the defense can't get set and that was one of the things that happened that in at game the end of the two. game yes that was in game two. because if you two. remember they get the rebound harden gets the ball with 10 seconds left runs it up down the court gets it to dwight do you if you get the ball to dwight at the free throw line what's going to happen you're getting the ball back to James. So, yep. the, so the Warriors already knew. They doubled James as soon as yeah, he Yeah, they the doubled ball. him out of the shoot. They trapped him immediately. Yep, um, Stephen Clay. Stephen Clay. And he had no chance. Two of, some of the quickest guards in the entire NBA. Yep. Um, there was no way you were going to get out of that. He lost the ball. Um, I'm very upset at the time that it happened. But at the same time, hindsight is 2020. We didn't know at the time. Um, of course, everyone said the better decision would obviously be to go into the uh, timeout. But, I mean, you know, it's neither here nor there. And uh, what's done is done. Yep. They they lost game two. Um, ultimately lose the series against Golden State in five. Um, everyone only is going to remember the 13 turnovers that James Harden had uh, committed. But at the end of the day, I will account to him, it, it to him being exhausted um, from, shoulder, from shouldering the load for the entire season. Um, that concludes the 2015 season as a whole. Very successful season. Probably one of our favorites in modern time. Uh, for me and Justin, not our favorite. We know our favorite, Absolutely. and that'll be a that'll be for a future pod. <laughs> but um, we wanted to just kind of have you guys join us in this retrospective. And uh, before we close, Justin, before we go home, um, let me ask you: What is your favorite memory from the 2015 Rockets? It was obviously uh, the very first start of Donatus Modiunis, and no, I'm just kidding. Do you even remember? <laughs> no, I really. Don't. I don't even remember. I really don't. <laughs> um, I loved Demo, um, but probably my favorite moment outside of game six is pro- i would have to go with two i'm gonna cheat a little bit here okay is um the moment when we, got cheating, out of the, when we got out of the first round okay when james is on that on the bench like just soaking in the moment that had a lot of gravity to it because of the pressure that was around him at that point you know okay. yeah and attributing to his greatness my second favorite moment was in game seven when terrence jones drove down from the baseline yeah, and dipped it to uh, Trevor in the corner for three and Trevor hit it and seeing Trevor celebrate smile. That was a testament to just not just him, but the mentality of the team, the build of the team and what Maury wanted out of this team, someone more clutch and someone who, you know, like the fact that Trevor was able to hit that shot says a lot to what this team had become from the year before and that was just a huge, huge moment, you know, and it it holds a lot of gravity to me because of the significance. You know, Game 7, it's a win, and the guy who hit it, Trevor Ariza, who was the new guy. Who was basically the guy that um, everyone kind of just passed by. Exactly. Because uh, everyone was throwing up on Chandler Parsons, which which I get. 
But you're we right. All were. He was the ulti- the ultimate glue guy was the, the guy that hit the big shot when they needed it, which mm-hmm. you're right. That's definitely up there. And that's definitely up there for me personally. Um I'm going to go with my favorite moment of the 2015 Rockets season. Uh it's actually going to be nothing that we've mentioned uh, something that we didn't mention before. Um, I can tell you exactly where we were. You weren't with us. Um, it was me, Ray, Chris, and Jay. We were in Buffalo Wild Wings in Pearland. Uh, we watched a season game, just a regular season game. It's just the Rockets versus the Kings. Nothing crazy, right? Just Rockets versus Kings. Mm-hmm. Nothing really. Kings, cellar dweller, nothing much, right? They're, not, they're nothing special. Except no Dwight Howard. No Patrick Beverly. Uh, Nick Johnson was the starter. Yes, wow. Nick Johnson was the starter. There were more players that were out. I can't remember off the top of my head, but those were like the big two. But Nick Johnson basically was the starter. I think Costas Papanicolaou was another starter, and I think Demo started as well. Mm-hmm. So that basically goes to show you, none of the, all three of those players aren't even currently in the NBA anymore. Uh, and Harden basically carried that team, willed him to win. There was a point in time where he hits a layup in overtime, and he ends up like like dropping his, his head on uh, Trevor Reza's uh, uh, chest because he's just so exhausted for you know for 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 scoring so much and for expending so much energy but it just goes to show that how much of a different animal he was that year yeah. compared to what he was in prior years exactly. it was the um it was the emergence it was it was the diamond that was James Harden and the player that we saw the dominance that we saw and uh, the player that me and Justin knew he could be when we acquired him back in uh, 2012 mm-hmm. so personally for me that's definitely my favorite moment and i cherish your moments as well uh, great moments for us as Rockets fans. And, uh, yeah, with that said, uh, thank you so much for listening to us. Justin, thank you so much for joining me on our first ever uh, retrospective pod. It's always a pleasure to uh, take the DeLorean to go back in time and to remember all these good moments. Don't forget the flux capacitor. Oh, we got to get to 88 first. Don't forget that. Yeah, I was born in 89. Oh, well, <laughs> looks like we're not going anywhere. Looks like we're stuck here in the year 2020. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate my brother for uh, joining us today, and, and I appreciate you all for joining us as well for our first ever uh, retrospective pod. Be on the lookout for future rep- retrospective pods uh, down the road, as well as uh, future episodes where we're going to have some guests joining us. Um, be sure to uh, – we have plugs. Be sure to follow us on Instagram. We have an Instagram. Woo! 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 Uh, follow us on Instagram at Summit State of Mind underscore Pod. I'll say that again at Summit State of Mind underscore Pod. We have an email. If you guys want to contact us by any means, please questions. If you want to be a guest, if you want to talk about how crappy we are as a podcast, please let us know uh, at uh, Summit State of Mind at gmail.com so you can uh, reach us that way as well. Um, we will, uh, no, we will, we are. We are on Spotify and we are on Apple Podcasts officially. Justin, we are in. This is it, man. This is it. This is happening. We're officially here now. We haven't made it yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, we're that's on right. the road to success. That's right. Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just type in Summit State of Mind and let the boys take you on a on an ear way to success. You can listen to us on the way to work, coming home from work, while you're uh, tucking your kids at night, or after tucking kids at night, drinking a glass of wine, drinking a glass of beer. It don't matter. You are always welcome into this, in our world, in our mind, and uh, you're always welcome to join us in the summit. Uh, With that said, thank you once again for joining us. And uh, be sure to please take care of yourselves during this pandemic. Uh, Make sure that you are wearing your masks. Make sure that you are... Washing your hands especially, that's another big one. I think they should be equally as important. Uh, Make sure that you are taking care of yourselves, but more importantly and most importantly, please take care of each other, beards and brodies. The Summit.